it's Erica. And Liana. Come join us on Patreon. Where you can unlock weekly episodes, videos, and... Be invited to Patreon-exclusive Zoom meetups. Just download the Patreon app and search for Night Guys Podcast. Or go to the website, www.patreon.com forward slash nightguyspodcast. You can join for as little as $2 a month for full access. See you on Patreon. Squiddle deedle 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 deedle. And it's Liana, and this is the Night Guys Podcast. We're here to join you weekly to cover weird and spooky stuff, supernatural, extraterrestrial, cryptid, culty, true crime, and to... Oh my god, tonight I have the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> only cool. one, though. You only mm-hmm. ever get, like, I would do that, one. too. I it, It's weird if it's, like, another one follows. Yeah, I might like, have oh, two hiccups, who are you? and then they go away. Oh, that was... Mm-hmm unexpected what a shock get out of here second hiccup no one wants you <laughs> the first one i didn't want either oh. it was unwelcome <laughs> oh no <laughs> um before we get started we have a belated thank you to our latest patron um this is for chris thank you so much for joining our spooky church <laughs> we love you already and can't get enough of you uh, so. yeah you are we've adopted you actually We've adopted you. Yes. Well, we've actually, <laughs> we've in your honor had you adopt us. Yeah, that, yes. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It works. We'll drink to it. Yep. Thank you for joining. Yay. You're a welcome member of our Night Guys family. Mm-hmm. We can't wait to talk to you on Zoom if you so choose to join the hot mess that is Zoom. I feel like she'll join. I hope so. I feel like she will. Chris, you better join. Mm-hmm. be sad if you don't but anyway sorry for the delay but thank you thank you yes. also if you decide to join our patreon you will get to see that last week we did something very special a first for nightgeist which is yeah. fucking crazy <laughs> true it's our first time ever recording together in the same room um in like two and a half years yeah that's so weird. Wild. Weird, weird. It was a good time. Yeah, we did we... not know what to do at certain points. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. Um, it was really fun. I had a lot of fun doing yeah. it. And we also practiced our psychic skills. And One of us is psychic. The other one, things happen. not so much. <laughs> but our powers are growing. I feel like it could be one of those situations where one of us is psychic at one point. And then the other one is psychic at another point. Maybe we just I think we combine powers think and become, we like transfer power psychic. to one or the other. <laughs> Soon we're just gonna be Jean Grey and everything's gonna be great. Oh, so good. Just mm-hmm. a couple of phoenixes. Phoenix eye? Uh, phoenix eye. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> what a struggle. So stupid. Uh, okay, so that is that. All is all. If you want to join Patreon, by the way, go to our Instagram, click the link uh, in one of our link tree options oh, yeah. is to join. So it's really easy. You can cancel anytime. Um, it's two bucks a month. And there's already like 
way over 70 episodes that are backlogged. We have videos and all kinds of stuff. And hopefully soon we'll be doing a Zoom. And um, that's, like, one of our favorite things mm-hmm. to do is, like, hang out on mm-hmm. video with you guys. And Yeah. And soon we will be recording regular episodes with both of us together. It's just I haven't finished moving yet. But I will be back where Erica lives. Back where I used to live. So. Yay. Yay. We're really excited. We'll have a whole... We'll have a whole thing. A thing. It'll be great. We'll have something. It's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> and for this insane over Skype. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I, I think we've done happen. an okay job over Skype. Pretty no, nice. I just mean like the energy is still this stupid over Skype mm. in the same room. It's it's a little hectic. More. Yeah. <laughs> more quoi. More quoi. <laughs> Seriously, God, I think <laughs> I think Stuart Townsend. Where has he gone? As a stat, I think he's my skipper. He's what? My skipper. If Keanu is my co-captain, oh oh, I think he is my skipper. Okay, right? Yeah, that sounds right. How do we feel about? Oh boy. <laughs> how do we feel about um? Sebastian Stan, if you don't know who he is. I think I've already he, personally said that he was on my dream boat. I think he is, for sure. Wade He's Bucky from, like, Winter Soldier, Avengers, whatevs, all those <laughs> movies where they're all the same movie. Um, yeah. Well, I, okay, this is, this is a little weird, I guess, but I had, like, Can't major wait. crush on young Mark Hamill, and when they did the comparison photo between him and young Mark yeah. Hamill, which I think is He's partially... playing him. Which I think is partially uh, photoshopped a little bit, but I was still like, oh yeah, that's he's yeah he's they're very awesome. similar yeah. So I was I was one hundred percent on board with that. He I is not say... on a lower level of the dreamboat for me. No, 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 no. He's above deck. He's above is that what we say? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's not in the engine. Yeah, room. for sure. <laughs> he's on the dreamboat. Uh, but can I just say that's really funny that you were crushing on Mark Hamill because mm. I was not. I loved Harrison Ford when I was little. Oh, no. I, I really loved both. I never liked him to begin with. <laughs> I like Sebastian Salmon. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Can I just say, though, in the mall, when little Erica walked by the Sam Goody store, mm. they had a cardboard cutout of uh, Han Solo forever mm-hmm. every time i walked by i dreamed of buying it but i had no money because i was like eight <laughs> um you're gonna hate me but i actually had a cutout of both mark hamill and Har- <laughs> i had i had a cutout from both because they had re-released the old movies as like dvds and what so when when george lucas decided to add in all the horrible cg to everything and make it look like <laughs> trash well <laughs> my parents had like bought a car and the I think it was like the Lexus dealership or wherever it was that my mom bought her car had those cardboard cutouts. Why? I don't know. But I told them while we were there buying the car, I was like, are you guys going to keep those? Because they were like all shoved together like this awkward crowd of cardboard standouts. They're like, no, no, we're going to throw them away. I'm like, can I have a couple of those? And they just gave them to me. That's awesome. And then my brother's friends, like they poked holes in them. And no, it's because little boys are shitty. You know this. Wow. Yeah. Not cool. No. Hmm. But I still love Mark Hamill forever. 
Hey, he was the Joker in the cartoon Batman. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. He does voiceovers and he's phenomenal. He does a ton. There's a ton of video games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, still not on my dreamboat. Whatever Sebastian Stan is, that's fine. Yeah, that's great. I'll do that. <laughs> That'll be a lot on board. <laughs> toot toot. <That's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna do my news first then. Uh, NASA's Ingenuity news. helicopter successfully takes flight on the red planet. Mm. Also known as Erica's butt. <gasps> it's more white. <laughs> but whatever. I was gonna say because your butt's out of this world. Oh. Uh, okay. Well, the moon is too. Oh, so that is true. <laughs> so the NASA's Ingenuity helicopter uh, made history early Monday morning, which would be the nineteenth today. Today. Woo! When we recording record this for next week sorry guys it's a little late uh so when it took flight on mars and became the first autonomous aircraft to operate on another world according to a press release from the space agency the four pound device lifted off the surface of the red planet and rose to an altitude of 10 feet hovered in place for 30 seconds and then safely landed back on the ground wow <laughs> that's like when Gone over when i dirt. first started working at dj they're like you want to learn how to fly a drone and i'm like no not in front of all these people they're like well you got to try so i was like god damn it <laughs> So, <laughs> play I'd be like, it. give me it. Do like, I get in trouble if I break it? No. That was basically cool. my thing. I was like, oh, what if I break it? They're like, doesn't matter. We've got more. I'm like, okay. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, and if that's the case, let's go. Oh. But then they only <laughs> wanted you to let it, like, hover, like, take off, hover, like, move side to side, and then back down. I'm like, that's boring. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, due to the vast distance between Earth and Mars, it took around three hours for engineers at the space agency to receive the data, which confirmed that the helicopter had pulled off the feet, which lasted approximately 40 seconds. That's <laughs> so funny, like, waiting wow. three hours on pins and needles to response. find out if that thing just, like, took off. Which, by the way, DJI aircraft, uh, was that was like my favorite call on customer service. Was they'd be like, I had a flyaway. We weren't supposed to call them flyaways. I don't remember what they called them, like unreturned or something. But like you'd go to take it off and like the receiver wouldn't receive the information and the drone would literally take off on its own. It'd be like, I'm going to go be with my people. Bye. Gum rogue. <laughs> and they would just disappear. <laughs> and it was so funny because it would be like. I mean, it's not really funny because they're really expensive. And we'd be like, sorry, you should out of luck. You shouldn't have been flying close to the airport or whatever. How was. far? So you just have to guess the direction we'll, and oh, see I mean, if it it's could somewhere? Ta- like, you could put in a fresh battery and it would take off flying for, like, 30 minutes in one direction. And those things could go pretty fast. I don't even remember how fast they could go. But they could just take <laughs> off and you'd be like, well, there goes, like, $3,000. Bye. They don't have, like, a GPS on it or something? Um, they do, but it, that depends on whether or not the GPS was actually activated and working at the time. Sometimes they would just, the system would totally brick for whatever reason. Like if you didn't run an update or if we ran an update and it bricked it or something. There are all kinds of reasons that shit could go wrong. Oh man, that sucks. But yeah, imagine no, having thanks. to deal with that on Mars where you're like, oh, I don't know what the fuck's happening. I'm going to go have a drink, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess this remarkable moment was captured in photographs from both the nearby Perseverance rover, which had shuttled the helicopter to Mars, as well as the craft itself. Containing no scientific instruments, the device's purpose on the Red Planet was to serve as proverbial proof of concept to show that autonomous flight could be accomplished on another world where both gravity and the atmosphere are considerably different than that of Earth. So that's kind of cool. 
Uh, scientists say that Monday morning's successful endeavor will pave the way for future advanced aircraft being sent to Mar Mars for more scientific ex or ex extensive scientific missions. Um, I wonder how much that cost. I shouldn't ask questions like that, but you like, mean them oh, having a drone there or them, flying it? Them sending the drone to Mars, flying the drone. And then waiting for that data and then being like, okay, cool, we can just junk that little thing now because that was, like, the tester. I oh, mean... I don't want to know. NASA just paid $2.6 to Elon Musk to have his uh, SpaceX shuttle people to the moon. Elon doesn't need any more money. He needs <laughs> so, to pay I taxes. Know. If that's any perspective on what the rover, who knows? Mm. I'm sure it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's the end of my news. Okay. My news. Security camera films baby dinosaur dashing past Florida home. I watched this video like 10 times. I love it. It's super cute. It's weird. It's cute. And it looks real. I know. <laughs> a woman in Florida believes her home security camera captured footage of a baby dinosaur dashing through her yard. According to local media, the scene unfolded outside the residence of Christina Ryan. In a city named Palm Coast, early one morning last week, um, she said her security camera picked up the presence of something in her yard and began filming. Um, the <laughs> oddity in question is seen in the video appears to be some kind of creature that runs straight past her house. She said she was, like, really confused over what the animal in the video could have been. Understandably so, if you watch the video. Because it is, like, you'd be It looks really, like it's really on, like, like, a little tiny T-Rex. Because it looks like it's on hind legs, on its hind legs running. It is. And it's got a big old like, tail. away into the abyss. Its tail's Indicating... way too big to be an alligator. Yeah, and it's, it like, moves wide. too. Yeah. It's, like, it's weird. She said, any animal we can come up with that would be walking, quotes, at 3.40 in the morning wouldn't walk this way. <sighs> Left with no solution to the mystery, the baffled homeowner mused, maybe I've watched Jurassic Park too many times, but if I see a raptor <laughs> or other small dinosaur, like, this is it. Ryan claims that her assessment has been echoed by several of her friends who also saw the video. Some have argued that it's a bird. But she dismisses what? this explanation because she says whatever it is appears to have front legs, like a little, little velociraptor, yeah. like little T-Rex arms. As such, she declared, I'm sticking with raptor as the identity of the oddity. Meanwhile, people online have offered all of their wonderful opinions <laughs> as to what it could be. And one person said it's a dog with a reflective collar. What? Another said Komodo dragon. No. No. It does not run like that. What's your best guess? I mean, if it's not a little baby dinosaur, then it almost looks like it's one of those people in, like, a puppet costume. Right. Because that's how much it looks like a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. Or somebody's dog loose in a dinosaur costume. Oh, have you ever seen those videos of the guy that would dress his dog up like a giant spider and he would scare the shit out of people? <laughs> no, it was I don't really think so. funny. I mean, I was always worried about the dog because I'm like, what if somebody has like a taser or a gun? Oh, I, don't I like was that. really scared. <laughs> I of course go to the worst places. So this is the thing that's confusing to me, besides the fact that it might be a dinosaur, is that. Okay, when it runs by, you definitely see the tail. Mm -hmm. The head seems to be a little above, like, the tush. Mm-hmm. Like, and on top of its head, it's reflective. But, but it's it doesn't a, seem like eyes. It's like a big square. I've paused it 
multiple times while looking at this video. And yeah, it looks like not... a big square, so maybe it's something that escaped. And it's too far back, I feel like, to be eyes, personally. And the legs underneath the tail are a totally different color. I don't know. Could that be a person? I'm trying to see if there are any military bases near Palm Coast that it could have, like, escaped. There yeah, are wish... a few. I don't know. I... I feel like it must have escaped from something with that big old reflecto <laughs> thing on its head or its neck. I'd have to look at costumes that people can wear to be dinosaurs and see if there's any reflective part that's on it. But it looks like it's shorter than it than a human would be. I don't know. I just don't. I can't tell height mm -hmm. from it enough, but compared to the door of her house, because she's got the camera pointed out, it looks. It looks uh, like maybe a four, four, around four and feet. Costume, be so. But they 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 bent over a little. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's a dino that escaped from a base. I'm gonna go with military experiment. I'm going some jackasses running around with <laughs> in the middle of the night. The the like has its own fan to inflate like dinosaur. Mm -hmm. I love those. Those are fun. I do like those a lot. They're cute. I support them. Um, I'm going to start okay. with the Franklin Castle because the mm -hmm. story is not super mm -hmm. long. Mm -hmm. And then I have some other ones that I can talk about after you talk about your things. Your stuff. Tell me things. So this is like super overdue because we talked about this like three or four weeks or maybe five weeks ago. I don't know when. But with my move and with your getting sick, everything's just been crazy. Mm -hmm. So here we are talking about the Franklin Castle. This is on... Franklin Boulevard in Cleveland, Ohio. Flat twist. <laughs> so suppose, supposedly this place is the most haunted house in all of Ohio. And there have been whispered rumors about the Franklin Castle since like it was built by Hans... T oh, God. Tiedemann? Yes. Who had built it. it. So basically, as soon as he built it, everybody's like, mm, it must be haunted because it's, it's kind of spooky looking. It looks like a castle. It's probably pretty uh, out of place for Ohio. or Yeah, that think. makes sense. So Tiedemann was a successful Yerman banker who had founded the Euclid Avenue Savings and Trust and was looking for a unique home that would also reflect his newfound success as a banker. So why not a castle? Uh, so turning to the uh, famous architectural firm of Kudel and Richardson, he got what he was looking for when completed the four-story Four stories, Jesus. Turreted Franklin Castle became complete with close to 30 rooms, a grand ballroom that took up the entire fourth floor, and even a carriage house. The outside of the house was adorned with gargoyles and intricate carvings filled the interior. The top floor of the castle also provided wonderful views of both downtown Cleveland and Lake Erie. So upon completion, uh, Tiedemann moved in with his wife, Louise, into Franklin Castle along with his mother. Oh my gosh, her name, Wiebecca. <laughs> wee Becca. If you have another child, you will name her Wee Becca. It is W I E B E K A. Wee Becca. It's happening. What about Why Becca? Oh, why? Okay, fine. I don't care how you pronounce it. That's up to you. Your mom. And they also had several <laughs> servants moving. <laughs> uh, the first few years in Franklin Castle were happy ones. Uh, for the Tiedman family and were soon marked by the birth of several children. However, a dark cloud would come to settle over the oh, castle. No. Beginning in 1881, tragedy began to stalk the Tiedemann family. 
Tiedemann's mother, Wybecca, and his daughter, 15-year-old Emma, died within weeks of each other. Oh, no. Even though Wybecca's death was from natural causes, obviously, because she's probably old, and Emma's was believed to be a result of diabetes. That's terrible. The deaths nonetheless gave birth to not only the legend of a curse, but also rumors that Hans Tiedemann was a controlling evil man. I buy it. I was going to say, do you believe it? (laughs) Why not? I mean, if you're going to build a castle like that, you probably have some quirks, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like you you, have to. You don't build a castle like that just because you're a nice guy. Man, I want to live in a castle. I know some people would be like, too many rooms. Give me all the rooms. That's the thing. You, if you live in a castle, you don't live in the castle just with your family. You live with several families or something like that. Because you'd be like, that's your half of the house. This is my half of the house. That way we're not worried about one half being creepy haunted or like, yeah. I don't know, some weird shit I like on. the Hearst Castle philosophy of you like always have people visiting. Mm, okay. And then when you are the new guest, mm-hmm. when you all eat dinner at the big ass table that's mm-hmm. there, you're at the far end. And then as a new guest comes and one down. leaves, you get closer to the head of the table where you are. And then when you're at the head, that means you've overstayed your due and you need to leave <laughs> next. And that's Bad. how they rolled. I thought that was the best. That's great. Oh. Like, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I just, I didn't play that. Okay. Mm, you've outstayed your welcome, but it's been nice having you. Please leave. Our new guest is currently headed in by a plane. In the wings. So you must go. <laughs> So, legend has it that it was during this time that the infamous hidden rooms and secret passageways were constructed inside the Franklin Castle. Why they were created is something open to debate. Some say they were created by Tiedemann simply as a way of taking his wife's mind off the recent death of her daughter. Others, however, say the the rooms and passages were designed so that Tiedemann could commit heinous crimes, including murdering his niece, a servant girl, and even his own daughter, Emma, without being detected. What? There are still others who hold firm to the belief that Mrs. Tiedman herself... Wait, did he really do that? Those are rumors. I don't know. Wow. Um, I'm assuming that a poor servant girl died, and that his niece must have died in the house also, but I'm not... This is... It's hard to find, like, a good, solid, complete story of this place. You get a lot of, like, just little blurbs here and there. Um, which I feel like is because a lot of it is hearsay. But anyway, so um, there are others that hold firm to the belief that Mrs. Tiedemann herself had created the passages so that she could sneak past her overbearing husband undetected. So when Louise Tiedemann passed away in 1895... Because it's like you're going to have construction there. Obviously someone's going to notice construction. He's still maybe working at the bank every day. So she's like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Get in here. Make that shit and I'll clean it up and get out of here while he's at work. Buy it. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. But when... Well, if your house has that many rooms, you're probably going to be like... How many were there again? Mm, 30. Maybe. If you're on, like, one half of the house and there's some weird shit going on the other side of the house, you might not notice. Maybe. I, feel like I don't know. I feel like you would, but... Maybe she was in, like, a laudanum stupor or something. Hmm. I'm making Jealous. shit up. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that's, and that's what you're saying. <laughs> it's happening. So, anyway, when Louise Tiedemann passed away in 1895, her death was also attributed to the curse, or worse yet, murder at the hands of her husband, Hans, who remarried shortly thereafter. 
Don't like that. Uh-uh. After Lee's death, Hans sold Franklin Castle to a local brewer named Mulhauser, and then he moved out. Some uh, some say that even Hans's castle or Hans's leaving the castle was not enough to escape the Franklin's castle power, and in 1908 he died suddenly. Um, incredibly, his death brought about the end of the Tiedman family tree, as the rest of the Hans' entire family, including his grandsons, had all passed away before him. God, this is sounding like a Nanny Doss story. <laughs> God. This is not good. No. So, apparently the curse took some time off during the Mulhauser's stay at the castle, but in 1913, it became it came back with a vengeance when Franklin Castle was sold to the German Socialist Party. Officially only used as a place for parties and meetings, rumors quickly started to spread that the Germans were actually using the castle as a place to spy. Uh, it's, it's even said that years later, a German shortwave radio could be found hidden up in the rafters the infamous hidden passageways were said to have been used by an underground group of nazis to machine gun uh, a large Jesus. group of people during prohibition a new tunnel was supposedly constructed that ran from either the basement of the castle or the carriage house all the way out to lake erie got a couple more stories of some weird shit that happened here enter the romano family in january of 1968 so we're skipping way ahead uh in time the German socialists sold Franklin Castle to James Romano. Almost immediately after moving to the home, family members began experiencing strange things. The Romano children would often speak of their newfound friend they would play with up in the fourth floor ballroom. Oftentimes, the children would ask their mother for extra cookies for their mysterious friends. Cookies, please. <laughs> Mrs. Romano also began to feel the presence of Mrs. Tiedman in the house and began to hear organ music coming from different areas of the home. Oh, <laughs> <Yum. cool. laughs> Looking for explanations, the family contacted the Northeast Ohio uh, Psychical Research Society, a local team of ghost hunters, to investigate the castle. If the stories are to be believed, some of the hunters ran screaming from Franklin Castle in the middle of the investigation, and then shortly after the investigation, the Romanos turned to a Catholic priest for help, who allegedly refused to bless the house because he felt because of what he felt when he stepped inside the castle. So after enduring several more years of ghostly activity, the Romanos were like, "Fuck this place, we're leaving." And '74, they sold it, or they was sold to the family who would single-handedly bring the legend of the Franklin Castle to the forefront. The Muscatellos. <laughs> so, by all accounts, the Sam Muscatello was all too eager to cash in on the legends of the Franklin Castle. So, he offered tours of the house, which is awesome and smart. He also invited members for the media of the media uh, for walkthroughs. So, during a live segment on Cleveland radio, host John Webster had a tape recorder pulled from his shoulder and thrown down a staircase. Another time, during the taping for a local television piece. Uh, crew member Ted Opasek witnessed a ceiling like spinning on its own. Muscatello also began searching the house from top to bottom for more of the alleged secret passageways. His first discovery was an old still that seemed to be left over from Prohibition days. The most shocking discovery, however, was found behind a hidden panel in the tower. Tucked inside, uh, tucked neatly inside, was a pile of human bones. Although few denied that real human bones were removed from Franklin Castle, who they belonged to and how they ended up there was long been debated. So, of course, Yikes. most took the bones as proof that Hans Tiedman was indeed involved in murderous activities. Some, however, believe that Muscatello himself stashed the bones there as, quote, proof of the hauntings because, obviously, he was trying to sell tours, so that would right. be a really, really great sell. Um, the final verdict by authorities was simply that the bones were indeed human and that they were very old. <laughs> Good job, Great. cops. 
is all bones um, here. I mean, what do you and want? I think they're human. So, yeah. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> so, unable to make the Franklin Castle haunted success story they were looking for, the Muscatello family finally decided to sell the Franklin Castle. And then the castle quickly passed through a series of owners. And then it just passed through people. Like, people just kind of, like trying to sell the furnishings other people trying to make it back to original and this one guy finally his name was michael davinko sold it in 94 so it just it passed through a lot of hands uh for the next five years franklin castle stood empty until april 99 when michelle heimberger who had been fascinated with the house since she was a child purchased it with the intent of restoring it to its former self in addition Hmm. he uh heimberger launched launched franklin franklincastle.com and chronicles her renovations and plans for the castle. Sadly, what started out as an exciting and fascinating revival of the legend and lore came crashing down on the night of November of 99 of November something. <laughs> they lost the actual date. Um, <laughs> when a series of fires broke out inside the castle. Oh, and then no. when firefighters arrived, they found a man unconscious inside the building and carried him to safety. So in a strange twist of events, the man was eventually arrested, charged, and convicted in setting the fires that destroyed almost all of the fourth floor ballroom. The house he wanted to refurbish? No. um, This is some other guy. So, like, this girl, this girl Michelle was like, oh, I love this place. I'm going to restore it and turn it into, I think, because you want to do, like, a bed and breakfast or something. And then this random dude was just in there setting fires. (laughs) And it destroyed almost all of the fourth floor ballroom. Um, oh. And at one point, people were talking about turning it into like a dinner wow, cup place and like fourth a fourth floor. Yeah, and they were how weird. So when they had parties, you had to walk up four floors to do the dancing. I guess, but you know, that's odd. You'd think that maybe like on each floor they'd be like, okay, everybody have a drink. <laughs> maybe they have like a drink station. Four floors up. Hmm. I don't need that. Maybe they had walk a lift in, installed. Have dance floor, like straight shot. Maybe lots of open French doors. Maybe they had the a lift. Who knows? But anyway, yes. so it's I think still sitting vacant. Like they've a couple of people have tried to buy it um, and redo it, and they were talking about making it a club, and then they didn't. I think they've talked <laughs> about doing it as like a B and B. I don't think it's happened. Like nothing's really happened with this place, so it's just uh, it does not want to be recirculated. No, I think because Ohio doesn't need a castle. Or at least I think Cleveland does. doesn't need this castle. No. But this the castle? ghosts there don't want it. <laughs> ghosts say, no way. Mm-mm. So that's uh, the Franklin Castle house. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to go. I don't think we're allowed to. Okay. Okay. I think it's like a fire hazard. People can like, go in there like and just light thing. fires willy-nilly, then we can go. <laughs> that fool was arrested, dude. <laughs> Yeah, because he lit fires. I won't be lighting fires. Yeah, you can get in trouble for trespassing. No. They'll just give me a little little slap slap on the wrist. wrist. (laughs) Okay, so because we picked Franklin's and our Franklin's were the same, Mm -hmm. I decided to pick a different place because that would be silly. To me, retell the whole story. Franklin Castle, (laughs) y'all. Let's go. (laughs) Buggle up. Tell me more. So, I am talking about this crazy-ass place called the Lemp Mansion slash factory. L-E-M-P? Mm-hmm. Okay. Lamp. And, uh, close the lump, but it's a lamp. 
Um, <laughs> this place, man. I stumbled across it, and it's just where is got it? a lot of bad things happening. Uh, Saint Louis. Let's Sorry. go. <laughs> we should. Uh, this you can visit. Um, they got a haunted tours with a lady who is very well known to only do this tour. She is a character, and I like her. Oh, um, she's having fun. You can eat on the first floor of the house. Um, hmm. It's a good time. Yes. So, Smacks. the factory you can tour to. Okay. But it sounds very scary. I don't want to go. <laughs> you don't? Um, but you want to go to this no, house? No, I do, I do. Oh, I want to I, I don't. It sounds very, very scary. Oh. But okay. I want to go. Okay. Um, so, like every haunted place ever, it's supposed to be one of the, the ten most haunted places <laughs> in America. So, it's a mansion... In Missouri. Um, okay. And it's got a sad, sad, sad past. Um, mm. Over the years, this place has been transformed from uh, the stately home of millionaires to office space to decay- uh, decaying into a rundown boarding house. Office It's been space? everything. so random. Yeah, I know. It probably was short-lived. And now it's a fine dinner theater. I'm in. So you, I think they do murder mysteries <gasps> on the first floor. Um, Even more in. I know. A restaurant and mm. B&B. So, it was originally owned by the Lemp family. Um, I keep hearing Limp, and it is not good. <laughs> it's a bad name, I feel like, almost no matter what. But it is okay, a Sorry. Um, with Joanne, uh, sorry, Johann Adam Lemp, who arrived in St. Louis from Germany in 1838. He okay. uh, was a, like, the building was for a grocery store. Um, oh. Okay. I, I think originally... Um, and it's now on Delmar and 6th Street, I believe. He sold uh, common household items, groceries, and homemade beer. Yes. Um, the light golden lager was a welcome change to the dark beers that were sold at the time. Love it. And the recipe was handed down by his dad, and it was super popular that in just two years, he gave up the grocery store life and then full-blown built the brewery in 1840. Awesome. Um, Good man. And it was, like, right basically across the street. So if you go to the murder mystery dinner, you can go to the haunted tour and just walk over to it. Nice. Um, he first sold beer in his pub that was attached to the brewery, and he introduced St. Uh, Louis to its, uh, St. Louis to its first lager, because he's German, so mm-hmm. he was in about the ales or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he found that the brewery was too small to handle both production and storage, and found, and this is what makes this place so crazy perfect for haunting, he found a limestone cave south uh, of the city limits. Uh-uh. The cave, which was located at the present-day corner of Cherokee and Demental Place, could... So I guess, no, where he started wasn't at the house. So now he's here, and it could be kept cool by chopping ice from the nearby Mississippi and depositing it inside, <sighs> providing perfect conditions for his beer. That's still really and making creepy. It. So the Western Brewing Co. was what he had, and it continued to do super well. Into the 1850s, and one is the like largest in the city. And by 1858, uh, it won first place in the big fair that they have there. Um, nice. A millionaire by the time of his death, Sheesh. Adam died 1862, and his son William d- took up the brewery and expanded a ton on it. Good for him. He purchased five blocks around the area um, of where the storage house and the caves like were. Uh huh. And in 1864, he had the new plant completed on Cherokee Street and Carondelet Avenue. He was always expanding it to meet product demand because it was 
like business was booming. Yeah, of um, it was. The brewery eventually covered five city blocks. Damn, because it's damn that big. That's huge. Oh my goodness. By the 70s, 1870s, the family symbolized both wealth and power, and the brewery controlled like all of St. Louis' beer market, a position <laughs> it maintained until Prohibition. Uh oh. In 1868, Jacob Fiekert, William Lem's father in law, <laughs> built a house that was super close to the brewery. Yay! In 1876, uh, William purchased it for his family. Uh, utilizing it as both a residence and the office. So mm. now we have the haunted house. That is near the haunted brewery. Okay. While the home was already impressive, uh, Lemp immediately began renovating and expanding the 33-room Victorian home. 33 rooms. Why? It's a big house. Okay. Very big. Um, very big. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, from the mansion. Mm-hmm. He straight up built a tunnel no, from the basement no through the caves to the brewery. Mm. So creepy. No tunnels. And spoopy. <laughs> when mechanical refrigeration became available, parts of the cave were converted for other purposes, <laughs> mm. including a natural auditorium and a theater. Theater. Oh. This underground oasis would later spawn a large concrete swimming pool. What? They had hot water piped in from the brewery boiling house and a bowling alley. Wow. At one time, the theater was accessible by way of a spiral staircase from Cherokee Street. By the mid-1890s, the brewery gained a national presence after introducing the popular Falstaff beer, which is still brewed there uh, today, but by another company. Oh, wow. The brewery was the first um, to establish coast-to-coast distribution of its beer. Shit. At the same time, he was building his own business empire. Um, Williams Sr. also helped Pabst, Anheuser, and, uh, Anheuser and Bush mm-hmm. get started. So he's like four, fa- like he's four like father grandpa beer. He's like the grandpa of beer. Pretty much. Beer grandpa. Yeah. Um, and in the midst of his success, the Lemp family experienced the first of many tragedies. This is where things get real bleak, real fast. When Frederick, William Sr.'s favorite son and heir apparent, died in 1901. Okay. You can't say that they're your favorite. That's that's how you create a curse. <laughs> uh, the, he's only, only died. He 28. Yeah. You shouldn't have said he was your favorite. Frederick, who had never been in extremely good health, died of heart failure. Oh, no. Insane. He's so young. The devastated William was never the same, beginning a slow withdrawal. He was rarely seen in public after his son's death. On January 1st, his closest friend, Frederick Pabst, who you would think, other beer friend, mm-hmm. also died, leaving William indifferent to the details of running the brewery. He's like, I don't even care about anything anymore. Oh. Though he still arrived at the office each day, he was nervous and unsettled. His physical and mental health was declining and fast. February 13th, 1904, he shot himself. Oh, with Jesus. With a .38 caliber horrible. Smith & Wesson. <sighs> Done. He didn't want to anymore. Which is really sad. In November 1904, uh, his son, William Jr., took over as a new president. Mm-hmm. Cool. Reluctantly, because he's not the favorite. <laughs> inheriting the family business and this crazy amount of cash, him and his lady, Lillian, his wife, began to spend all the money. Mm-mm. Filling the house with servants. Gross. Mm-mm. The pair spent huge amounts on carriages, clothing, art. Pretty much anything you can think of, they were like, I'll buy it. 
The wife was super pretty. She had a very wealthy family, too, so she had her own money. Mm-hmm. And her and Junior married in 1899. Lovely. Um... And then the William the Third was born on the twenty sixth. Um, before long, Lillian became known as the Lavender Lady. What? Because of her fondness of lavender. Ooh, whatever. I love purple too, girl. In addition to her lavender attire and accessories, she went so far to have her carriage, horses, harnesses dyed lavender. That she mean. was all in. Poor horses. Um, they're like maybe they like purple, uh, but I don't. How would they horses. have done that? in that time and not have it be damaging oh you mean the dye on their skin from the harness oh yeah i just think horses should hang out and be friends in the beginning will enjoyed showing off his quote trophy wife but will was a quote on player born with a quote silver spoon in his mouth end quote so many quotes he was used (laughs) to doing and acting as he pleased so when william began to tire of his Trey beautiful wife he demanded that she must spend her t- um <laughs> he demanded that she must spend her time shopping oh well she's like we agree i'm over you and i already have like three guys on the side so you want me to go shop more okay. bye give me money allotting her a grand a day wow he gave back her then, that's and remember like she's money. got money on her of her own too and that's so. like mucho money back then that's insane he gave her an ultimatum that if she didn't spend it, she would get no more. Um, wow. I imagine that would get actually kind of hard to do after a period oh of time. Just start yeah, giving right? it away. Be like, Jesus, I can't spend it. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the meantime, Will was busy running the brewery day and night, pursuing all manner of decadent activities. He had super crazy baller status parties in the caves below the mansion. He brought... All the people over, lots of ladies of the night for, quote, entertainment with the quotes again, enjoying uh, enjoying the pool and the bowling alley uh-huh. and all the beer. So he's just ruining this business that his dad That's worked so, so hard to build. Um, and everybody loved him. Um, but to a degree, I'm sure he was a total to douchebag. Everything got up with him. Uh, he had a son with a woman that was not sweet Lillian, uh-huh. the lady of lavender. Uh-huh. Today, there's no official documentation that this kid existed. Oh, God. But it sounds like he did. However, the rumors that this boy uh, was hidden in the attic. <gasps> no. His entire life. No. No. Yes. According That's to the uh, historian, like, according to the historian of, I think, today i'm not sure when this historian is there's a historian his name's joe gibbons and he interviewed a former nanny and a chauffeur who worked at the mansion super long ago and both of them verified that the boy didn't exist and was housed in the attic quarters that also housed the servants room that he did not exist or that he he did they said he didn't okay did not no he did sorry he did exist (laughs) okay and that's where the servants lived. Okay, so, so he lived with the I servants. I guess they tried to pretend that maybe it was, like, a servant's kid, maybe, mm. or I'm not sure. Or they just had, took care of him. Got it. Um, okay. So they thought that, um, you know, it was maybe one of the, the prostitutes who he hooked up with, or maybe a mansion, like, a servant. Mm-hmm. Um, what they do know, it sounds like, is that the boy was born with Down syndrome. Aww. And at that time, if you had any... If you were um, Down syndrome or they would just institutionalize autistic, you no matter what. Yeah, like it's just an embarrassment Aww. instead of just loving your 
child like you should. Um, so he was hidden away from the world in order to cloak the, quote, shame known today, um, like, or known back then if mm-hmm. you have a kid with this. So he's one of the presences uh, that, like, people think haunt the house. Which the little boy? Yeah. Yeah. I would, too. I'd be like, fuck everybody. Yeah, like how... Finally, William Jr., when he was uh, <laughs> so messed up, uh, tired of his trophy wife altogether, he wow. filed for his divorce in 1908. So she didn't take this step with all of his goings on. Could be nothing more than a sign of the times. I guess she wasn't into it at first, it sounds like. But the court proceedings surrounded the divorce became a really big scandal. Uh-oh. With all four of the newspapers devoting extensive front page coverage to the messy affair. The trial opened in 1909 to crowds that flocked to the courthouse to just, like, love the drama. Um, (laughs) Nothing else going on. uh, Lillian (laughs) wasn't good at spending $1,000 a day. She almost lost custody of William, which is crazy. um, Because of the... Also because of a photograph that was presented at the trial that showed her smoking a cigarette. Really? When okay yeah she almost lost her kid little little Billy the third because she had a cigarette probably because she was stressed to all hell because of her that's, shitty husband in the end great. she did get to keep custody okay, but soon retired retired from the public eye oh, good. the only time that she was ever seen wearing anything other than lavender was on the final day of her divorce when she appeared entirely in black oh dang. I know, isn't that kind of funny? I like her. Um, with the divorce, Will's troubles had only just begun. In 1906, nine of the large breweries in the area had combined to form independent breweries, um, and there was a ton of competition. And then his mom also passed the same year on Aww. April 16th, which was a tragic death. Uh, though the brewery's fortunes were continually declining, the mansion was in- remodeled in 1911 and then converted into those offices for the brewery. Um <laughs> Everything just went to shambles. Everything started to just deteriorate. Nothing was kept up. And by World War One, the brewery was just barely hanging, hanging on. on. Oh. Yeah, it's not good. And then you have prohibition mm-hmm. and everything got shut down. Um, the people who worked for him learned that it was being closed down mm-hmm. the day they showed up to work. Oh. I'm really curious as to how the whole prohibition thing like went down because I really don't know. I just know that I just keep hearing and then prohibition happened. Okay, well, how was it rolled out? <laughs> how did they just decide today is the day that alcohol is illegal? Like how, Radio, did, they, how did they go about that? And then that? cops. I know, but like how? And then all those bully sticks ran around beating the shit out of people. That's insane. They just broke up the parties literally at like midnight. That's crazy. So the night before, everyone like everybody was, just was going raging. hard, raging. Yeah. And while people raged, the people who ran those bars and things were upstairs, <laughs> talking about how they were going to keep it going yeah. and make money. Well, pretty wild. I so, know nothing of it. So thank you for your explanation. <laughs> um. So, on March 20th, 1920, Elsa Lemp Wright, his sister, she was the wealthiest heiress in all St. Louis, shot herself. No! Just like her father, years ah. before. 
Oh. This will be a theme. She was said to have been despondent over her rocky uh, marriage. Liquidating the assets of the plant and auctioning the buildings, William Jr. sold the famous uh, Falstaff logo to brewer Joseph Grisadik for $25,000. <sighs> That's a lot. 1922. The brewery buildings were sold to International Shoe Company for $588,000. Thousand. They, I read another article. Mm-hmm. They didn't buy all of it. A lot of pieces got auctioned off. Mm. Um, but it doesn't matter. But uh, so a fraction of its estimated worth of seven million in the years before wow. prohibition. Wow! Wow! This place is. I mean, prohibition it is just blocks, like shit but... on everything on their worth. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, so everything is really now just over for William Jr. and he is super depressed. Started acting like his dad, became nervous, erratic, stayed inside, not feeling good. On December 29th, he shot himself in the heart with a 38 caliber revolver in the very same building where his dad did 18 years before. Oh, man. Oh, sorry, Punky. William. Oh, pause. Okay. William II took his life on the main level of the mansion, just inside the entrance to the left. At the time of his death, the room served as his office. He was interred in the family mausoleum in the crypt just above his sister. His brothers, Charles and Edwin, had long ago left the family business. So with Junior gone, Mm -hmm. uh, people were like, guess this thing's over. But Edwin had entered into a life of seclusion at his state in Kirkwood, Missouri. Charles had never been... (laughs) This whole family is just very... Odd. Yeah. Charles had never been involved in the brewery and had chosen to work in the banking and real estate fields instead. Mm, in 43, another tragedy occurred oh, when no. William Lemp III died of a heart attack at age 42. Jesus. This family is cursed. <laughs> yeah. Brother Charles eventually remodeled the mansion back to a residence and lived in the house along with two servants and the illegit- illegitimate child of his brother. Charles, too, became an odd figure as he grew older. He became, uh, he developed a morbid fear of germs. He's a germaphobe. Very OCD, um, very compulsive, uh, and he always wore gloves at all times to avoid bacteria and always was washing his hands. It was during his time uh, here that William's illegitimate child, now in his 30s, died at the mansion. No. He's now passed. He was buried in the cemetery plot with only a small flat marker with the word limp. God, these people are monsters. And this was the boy, like, this is the boy who they hid in the attic. Um, horrible. From what I've read in other articles, his name was Zeke. Um, Charles became the fourth member of the Lemp family to commit suicide. Now he's killed himself. Jesus. Okay. First, he shot his beloved Doberman Pinscher. Okay. I hated this part. In the basement. Then, climbing the staircase to his room on the second floor, he shot himself. Charles was discovered on May 10th and 49 by one of his staff. He was still holding a 38 caliber. Why couldn't he just let the dog out into the road? Oh. What's strange is the dog was shot in the basement, but he was found halfway up the stairs. What? Weird. Of the remaining family members, only Edwin, who had long avoided the life that turned so tragic for the rest of his family, he's the only one left. He was quiet, reclusive. He had walked away from the brewery in 1913 to just live a peaceful life in Kirkwood, Missouri. Mm. Edwin passed away quietly of natural causes at 90. Okay, geez, I was he like, please it. give us a win. Because he never returned to that freaking brewery ever. <laughs> ah! 
Maybe being close to the brewery was what did it. But this is what's weird about Edwin. According to his last wishes, his butler burned all the paintings they had collected through their lives. What? Why? These are like priceless paintings as well as priceless blimp family documents and artifacts. Irreplaceable pieces of history burned, gone, by. That was his dying wish. What the fuck were they hiding? Isn't that weird? What were they hiding? And they're hiding something. The whole family line died out with him. Oh, Um, weird. Isn't that really weird? So, that's the family. And now that they've all passed, the the mansion was sold and now it's a boarding house. Crazy. Uh, Along with the near... No. Now, no, now it's the uh, murder theater dinner. Oh, right, right, right. (laughs) Along with the nearby neighborhood, the building began to deteriorate. Uh, Haunting tales began. Residents were like, why are things constantly knocking here on walls? Why do I hear footsteps all the time? Mm. And stories began to spread, and nobody wanted to stay in this boarding house. (laughs) And then it became basically just like, anyone, it was like a flop house. Oh. Like, there yeah. no no one wanted to be there. That's um, so sad. In set 1975, the mansion was saved by Dick Pointer. No. <laughs> and no. his family purchased it. They renovated it, made it a restaurant, an inn, and people who worked there were like, no, I'm seeing ghosts, I'm hearing strange things, all my uh. working tools and things are they're gone and now they're over here <laughs> why do i feel watched 24 7 here's my two weeks notice um oh shit that'd be so annoying they would just leave the job site and never return no that's um, they so annoying two weeks <laughs> since the restaurant that's there today opened staff has reported all kinds of weird things um i wonder if that's part of the interview process they're like are do are you, you spook cool easily we have done reports of ghosts <laughs> Right? So apparitions appear, then they vanish, voices, sounds coming from nowhere, glasses being lifted up and flying across the bar through the air. Um, Mm. Doors are, like, supposedly locked, and then they unlock themselves. No. Lights going off and on, piano bar. Why do we only hear one note being played sometimes? Oh. It's just like, oh, I would be so annoyed. It's just a dong. (laughs) At least play something nice. Like, I don't care that you're playing it, but, like... That Just one, one note. That one note's lame. Like, Jesus, no. Um, so, obviously, people think it's haunted by this family. Um, there are three areas that have the most activity. The stairway, the attic. This makes sense. Obviously. And what the staff refers to as the, quote, gates of hell, known as the basement. Oh. The basement is what is also used, like, you know, that's how you get to the brewery. Mm-hmm. So, it's just, like, it's all kinds of bad. Um, Creepy. It's like the highway for both haunted places. Um, but yeah, so the ha- the attic is haunted by the sun. Um, people say they see him from the street peeking out of the windows. A lot of like ghost investigators have gone there. They leave toys in the room. Uh, they draw a circle around them, and then they see they've been moved. Like this is super Yucky. common, apparently. Yep. In the women's downstairs bathroom, which was once William Jr.'s personal like area that he hung um, and held the first freestanding shower in all St. Louis, um, many women have reported a man peeking over the stall. Gross. That's never acceptable. How dare you? That is so off, like, no, that's off the table. You can't do that. I don't care if you're alive or dead or some other version of something. No. (laughs) 
Um, on one occasion, a woman emerged from the bathroom. She returned to the bar and stated to the two men she was there with, I hope you got an eyeful. <gasps> However, the men were like, what? And denied it. And the bartender was like, no, 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 this is a thing. Ew. I'd be so mad. Yeah, like, I want to see ghosts. Don't want to see them while I'm just trying to take a whiz. Be like, so mad at that bartender being like, how dare you direct me to the bathroom and not warn me ahead of time? I'm yeah. assuming she was like, uh, is the restroom over here? I'm just assuming yeah. she asked. But Have fun in there. You'd be like, I'm yeah, it's weird. over there. Yuck. Yuck, yuck. Gross. I don't like him peeking over either. Ugh. Yeah. Like, just his face. Ugh. I mean, I guess it's better than, like, slide on your back under. But then I can kick him in the face. <laughs> slide on. You t- try me, Junior. <laughs> just hit him with the heel of your shoe. Just... Yep. No teeth for you. Mm-mm. Um, so in William Sr.'s room, guests have, like, reported hearing running up the stairs and kicking at the door. I don't like Ew. that it's kicking instead of knocking. Spooky. That's meaner. When he killed himself, William Jr. was known to have run up the stairs to his father's room and finding it locked began to kick the door to get to his dad. Horrible. That's yeah. horrible. Several years ago, no. a part-time tour guide reported hearing the sounds of horses outside, uh, which is, like, right outside where his office was. Oh, I was like, so? Oh, not outside. <laughs> outside. They mean in a, in a house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> However, when the tour guide looked, no, looked through the window, nothing oh. was there. Okay. No horses. Um, this area north of the mansion and now uses a parking lot was once the place where people tied up their horses um it's been in a ton of magazines this place i think um, seeing a ghost horse would be kind of cool i'm okay with this <laughs> i am okay with this it would be really cool i want to go to this murder mystery tour i've heard and not heard but read stories of when you go there if you're doing the like seance like ghost tour on mm-hmm. the second whatever third fourth floor um and there's like the party like diner like thing going on sometimes drunk people forget where they're going and go up the stairs and then have interrupted the ghost tour when you're trying to contact (laughs) members of the family (laughs) one of the people that is like the most common that you can like see on the tour and Mm -hmm. hear is the dog because the dog was wronged and if the dog comes out then that means the owner is like nearby and you can get him to come out creepy but yeah drunk people tend to break up the tour well, I mean, they, <laughs> they shouldn't host those at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just a There's um, all kinds of pictures of people taking while they've been here of apparitions. I want, I want to go. I want to go right by you. So, yeah, that's a limp mansion. Mm-hmm. The backstory of this family is wild. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, that's some cool bit of prohibition history. You don't hear about alcohol history in school, so I like it. And we should. It's one of the biggest tragedies of today's uh, school system. The prohibition? Agreed. <laughs> no. And that double tragedy. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> I would really like to go. I want to go to a murder mystery dinner. I think oh, it sounds so fun. Oh, I've always wanted to do that. Always wanted to do Me that. Too. I think that'd be a good time. It would. God, I'd have so much fun. I would dress up for it. Oh, I would get completely decked out. Have to. Mm-hmm. You must. And it's all about the it's accessories. It's all about the accessories. Like, your outfit can be, but you have to have the right things with you. I need all of it. I need that long uh, cigarette. I basically am going to be Crowell DeVille. Well, I ha- I'm just going to read about one more little place, if that's okay. Sweet. 
Always so, okay. But yes, thank you for sharing about Lemp. <laughs> the Lemp. <laughs> <laughs> Poor family. I know their family makes me sad. I'm also Seriously. sad for dog that could have just been let free. Yeah, and not other involved. people still live there. Yeah. All right, back to Ohio. We're going to talk really quickly about the Lake Hope Furnace. Mm. Quietly nestled within Lake Hope State Park are the remains of an old iron furnace. The crumbling walls of the furnace are evidence to the structure having long been out of service, but still stories abound of a lonely watchman who shows up for work on dark, stormy evenings. Oh. Yes. So, <laughs> simply standing in front of the furnace, uh, you look at it and you're like, hmm, this shit is old. That's a furnace. It was in operation from 1854 until sometime in 1874 during a time when the Industrial Revolution was in full swing. So a quick survey of local maps from this time period show an abundance of these types of furnaces, as well as many small towns that sprung up nearby. As time went by, however, these furnaces were obviously, they were obsolete and they were closed down, and which would, of course, turn that town into a ghost town because the work dried up. No work. No work. No money. Gotta go. So the area, obviously, though is rich with stories of spirits of workers who never mm. abandoned their post. Oh my god, no. Wouldn't that be sad, though, like, if you're a factory worker? Like, it's one thing if you're, like, a train conductor, and you're like, I love trains. These are great. But nobody's like, man, I love this furnace. I'm just gonna come back here and haunt this place forever. No. <laughs> this furnace <is> great. <laughs> Nobody... I can't imagine that no. would be the case. <laughs> no. So, legend has it that one of these workers still makes his rounds at the Lake Hope Furnace. The purpose of this furnace was to process iron ore that was gathered from the area's sandstone bedrock, and the furnace operated 24 hours a day, and records show that at the height of its operation, it was churning out to close to 15 tons of cast iron a day. So in order to ensure that the furnace wow. continued operation at night, watchmen were employed to tend the furnace fires. Um, and these watchmen were also responsible for keeping an eye on the engine house and also to protect against people falling into the furnace. Didn't we do a story about somebody that, like, fell into a furnace? <laughs> like, yes. at night? Oh, yeah. God. Ugh. And I remember the guy who ran everybody to death, like, yeah. while they were working. He had a really crazy name. Oh, shit. Hmm. What was that? Guys, do you remember it, what episode? An, he had a really, like... His name was fitting. And he was a jackass. He was mean. He was awful. Yeah, he scared his employees. Oh, yeah. He was, like, yeah. physically abusive. Uh, well, uh, it is said that at night these watchmen would light lanterns to aid them in making their rounds, which often took them up along a platform along the top of the furnace, which is how those poor people probably fell in. So regarding a fateful night in question, there are several versions of what actually happened. Because, of course, okay. there are. <laughs> Always. Has to be. <laughs> One version says that the night was particularly rainy and stormy. And the watchman, while walking along the platform with his lantern, slipped in the darkness and fell into the bubbling ore inside the furnace. Another version has the man being frightened by a bolt of lightning causing him to fall. But perhaps the best known version of the story, and the most romanticized, which I will go with probably the most accurate, has the worker battling his way through a fierce storm in order to make his rounds. The watchman refused to be kept from his rounds and wouldn't wait for the impending storm to pass over. As he made his rounds, lightning flashed around him, creeping closer with each strike. 
And as the story goes, the watchman was finally struck by a bolt of lightning and then fell into the furnace. Wow. Double whammy for that guy. Jeez. <laughs> so while can't it, win. I know. So while it was impossible to determine if the man was killed by the bolt of lightning or the ensuing fall, all concerned agree that not even death had been able to keep this watchman from making his rounds. And apparently, if you go to this, this furnace on a stormy night, you can see the ghostly watchman making his rounds and apparently wow. there have been dozens of reports of a dark figure carrying a lantern walking along the top of lake hope furnace and some have said that the figure continues pacing back and forth until the um, across the furnace until lightning strikes close by which causes the figure to disappear until the next storm yeah. night. <laughs> i like it yeah so that's just in a park so it's a very have, movie yeah so if you have any listeners that are from ohio uh, you should go visit it and take a picture. Maybe don't go during a storm because I feel like that would just be dangerous. But, you know, tell us oh, what don't. you see. No, don't go during a storm. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Not a good plan. Someone's going to help that furnace. <laughs> Duty. Keep it going during the storm. Got it. Oh. Well, that's all I got. I like it. Mm-hmm. So many spoopy places out there. So little time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We must. We must go see them now. Oh God, I can't wait. Just need Me to too. Get, just need to get my vaccine, and then, and then I'm going everywhere. That's actually a lie. I'm gonna be moving into my house. That's all I'm gonna be doing. <laughs> it's a lie. I am going to see spooky things. I'm I will follow it. you eventually. I just need to get in my house. Mission number one. Once that's accomplished, <laughs> then adventures. Sweet. So are we Black. spinning the wheel? I think so. Okay. Play that ditty. Okay, what is it? Shared dream. Oh, shit. I'm excited. We have a shared dream of becoming famous podcasters, right? Uh, <laughs> that's a reality, baby. Uh, we, I want to hear people who like had a dream and then it came true. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it involved them and somebody else, mm. like, like that kind of shared thing. I want to know about two people having the same dream and then calling each other and then like freaking the fuck out because, oh my God, we both dreamt that we were going to meet Keanu and now what do we do? We must go find him. <laughs> <laughs> Logical. Yes, um, what else would there be? What other kinds of versions of shared dreams are there? I guess it could be more than two people. I guess it could be like or a like, collective group of people. Yeah, we could do that. What about, um, I wonder if any of them are reoccurring. I would like to know that. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a really good episode just about spooky ass dreams in general. Yeah, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. If you guys have had a weird dream, I would like to know. And so would Liana. Mm-hmm. So please tell us. Yeah. At gmail.com. Do it. We wouldn't necessarily be able to share it on this episode, on our the next episode where we actually talk about this, but... We would definitely share your stories um, if you want them shared on the episode after as like a little follow up because that's can awesome. do a call to action on the socials. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you wrote in and told us because we'll we'll read it. But if not, that's OK. There's still time. We will happily read it on the next episode, too. <laughs> yeah, we do a listener story. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, 
I hope you enjoyed learning about some haunted ass places. <laughs> some Can fucked I- up people. <laughs> I need to just address really quickly. Mm-hmm. How intriguing it was for me when I asked people if they're home alone and they hear a scary noise, if they think it is a ghost, like something spooky, or if they think it's an intruder. It was basically tied. I thought that was very crazy. Oh, wait. Did I tell you about my thing where I thought there was an intruder in our new place? No. Oh, it was horrible. I arrived to our house by by myself on Thursday, and the house is empty guys like we're getting our floors redone and the flooring guy was like you get a big discount if we don't have to move furniture so we're like okay we're not gonna move in then so we're gonna wait for you so anyway the house is empty so there's a ton of echoey noise in our house like any movement you make pretty much echoes because there's (laughs) oh poor punky because there's no carpeting it's just laminate floor everywhere well I open the door, I walk inside, and as I'm shutting the door, I hear a clatter of wood, like wood hitting wood, where it sounds like boards hitting each other, and I realize, oh god, there is a crawl space in one of our rooms that goes to a sump pump under the house, so I was like, (gasps) somebody was in the house, and they know about the crawl space, and they went into the crawl space, and I'm in the house by myself. And that was my first thought. It wasn't ghosts. I immediately thought intruder because I've heard horror stories about people buying homes and like them being vacant for a period of time and like vagrants or people move in or whatever, just shitty people at parties or whatever. So I was thinking like, ah, so instead of like, I put my keys in my hand, like Wolverine, I've got my, my pepper spray and I like quickly poke my head in and I don't see anything in that little crawl space. And I was like, hmm, but they're probably down there. So... I run into the garage and I get two two gallon cans of paint and I like plop them on top because they're kind of heavy. So I'm like, I plop them on top of there. And as I'm standing there, like listening intently, waiting with like pepper spray and my keys, like ready to attack something, I hear our neighbors throwing wood into a container because they're renovating their house. (laughs) But it sounded like it was inside my stupid house because everything echoes. So I was like, it sounded like it was inside, and then I felt like an idiot. But then I was still scared of that that little spot all day long. <laughs> all day. I was still like, I'm going to keep that paint there, because I don't trust that spot now. Oh and that God. room's supposed to be where I'm going to be recording. Oh, perfect. No. <laughs> fucking horrified now. I'm like, i got to put something heavy on top of it. I don't like it. I don't... I was talking to... Shout out, Brittany, one of our... Brittany! Patreon peeps wonderful people about it and when I am home alone and I hear a noise I think both equally but I'm only really scared of it being a person oh for sure I am less scared of it being supernatural and just kind of like I would really like it if it wasn't but I'm really scared of humans Yeah, I mean, I don't, but see, I guess that's what's scary about ghosts is it's like if you're walking in a room, you could have a full-blown body, like, apparition. Yeah, true. And then you have, like, a terrifying, like, hopefully short amount of time where it's like, (laughs) this is not a person, it's a person that's dead. But then it just winks out of existence and you're like, oh, well, okay, bye. Yeah, I've been watching them on Amazon and that them black oh, hat yeah. man that they see. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see him in a room, that's for sure. Mm-mm. 
I have some problems with that show. But that's neither here nor there. It's good, though. <laughs> but uh, there are some things that did not need to be in it. I haven't finished it yet. We were both disgusted and had it turned off. Oh, like yeah. what? I don't need to see the cats in the bag episode um, scene. That's for sure. Yeah. I did not need nope, to be recorded and did, put on tape nope, ever. Nope. It really didn't. It did None not. None of it. No, thanks. Uh, that made me want to throw up. But I don't need to see uh, animals being nope. murdered either. Mm-mm. Thanks so much. Don't need that. Mm-mm. Yeah, because I, I know I started to watch it and I was like, oh, man, that's so good. But I was also really horrified. There were parts that I was just like, I can't watch it. I'm really upset. Like, this yeah, is so upsetting. We, Bobby almost dry heaved. We were not pleased. <laughs> I know that Sean, I, I remember, I don't remember what part it was. It might have been that part where Sean was like, why are we watching this bullshit? And he got like mad. Like, I, yeah, Sean doesn't, were, like, Sean doesn't respond in like the huh kind of way. He just gets like angry and he's like, I don't want to see this bullshit. This is, this is fucking crap. Why, why are we watching this? Why don't we watch like the office or something? I'm like, oh my God. Uh, yeah. I used to feel like, like, I get it. Like, this is stupid. Do we need this? Yeah. Now I'm more like, it's too close to home. I don't like it. Not my babies. Yeah, no, please don't do that. I'm gonna go hug honey. It's now. good, but oh, I just yeah. don't need long extended visuals. No, so no animal we torture. It. Watched AP Bio, <laughs> which was great. There's an episode about the town, and they have to se- they celebrate Katie Holmes Day, and it was great. <laughs> what is it? Katie Holmes. Day. No, but what's the show? <laughs> AP Bio. Oh God, it was so funny. I love it. Sean it and I have just so been rewatching better. Breaking Bad, and now he's rewatching Better Call Saul. I can I get know. into it. Oh, we love him. We I love, love him. him so much. He's really funny. It's just he's so really upsetting comedian. the bullshit that he does, and just like, man, you are setting yourself up for failure every time. <laughs> it's really, yeah. it's that kind of drama is really, it's too much suspense for me. I can't handle suspense. Yeah, Bobby watched Breaking Bad. I think I think he's seen it two or three times. Oh yeah, Sean's I just, obsessed. I don't rewatch things. I, I'm good. I think I've told you about how rewatching stuff is a anxiety coping mechanism. Yeah, it is. But if because, I've seen well, it, I for, it doesn't distract me enough. Not for everybody, but for some Yo, people, yeah, like for me, I, <laughs> I find it extremely comforting and it calms me. Like even if it's a horror movie, and Sean's like, "How can you watch this this craziness?" And yeah, I'm like, like, "I've seen I it can. before, and I like it." And he's like, "Insidious." Really? He's like, or sinister? He's like, those are children murdering people. Lawnmowers. I know, lawnmower. Lawnmower to the dome. Just, it's not possible. <laughs> gotta be a ride on lawnmower. <laughs> God, and even then. Suspect. It's gotta be a really beefy one, like a gator. And, uh, <laughs> I do want to see, like, a the old-timey old push one. <laughs> oh, they would do, like, paper cut them to death. They're like, nah. Like, I'd hurt myself. <laughs> I know you try to hurt someone else. You're like, oh, my foot. <laughs> <laughs> Toe's gone now. Ooh, not how I saw it happening. <laughs> Shouldn't have worn flip-flops. Oh, you and me in flip-flops all the time. Best friends. I love those guys. <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> They're just so comfy. The only shoes I need my toes out. Gotta free the toes. Free the toesies. Always. Mm-hmm. Free those little puppies. <laughs> I'm so excited that it's getting warmer so that my toes are free all the time and not miserable cold. But I yeah. still tolerate them even with their cold. I'm like, oh, eh. 100%. Sean's like, why don't you have socks or slippers on? I'm like, I don't know. 
As long as my arms are warm, I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah. The feetsies are usually pretty good. Oh, my feet are always cold. Oh, same. I just tolerate it. I just don't want to wear socks. I don't like wearing socks. That's too constricting. (laughs) Claustrophobia. (laughs) Oh, my feet. I don't like socks. I rarely, I wear maybe like three times a year. That's crazy. I know. I'm not into it. (laughs) It's okay. That's your thing. I mean, if I'm wearing a boot, I have to. You must. But... Boots are so fucking uncomfortable, even with like yeah, little low to. socks. Oh, yeah, you horrible. can't do that because then they roll down and then cut it's your annoying. ankles. You're like, ah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, this cannot um, be done. Well, with that fashion like, advice, guys, <laughs> we're gonna go now. <laughs> ah, and please join us next week when we talk about shared dreams. We can talk about our collective shared dreams of everything being normal and just drinking in public again. Mm. Also known as my front yard. (laughs) And also mine. I'm so excited about this front deck that I've got. (laughs) And that our our front, like, across neighbors like to walk out and talk to us with beers in their hands. We're like, we are already friends with you. One of my favorite memories of walking around is, is walking the dogs and somebody's dog got out. It was mm. a really sweet old pup. And the guy was so sorry. I was like, it's okay. They're older. It's fine. No biggie. He's like, I have, I'm so sorry. Like, I have to repay you. And I'm like, I, what? And he's like, hold on. Do you like beer? Do you like cider? And I'm like, I like cider. And he's like, one second. And he came back and opened <laughs> me a brand new cider. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. You're like, let your dog visit anytime with cider. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good cider, too. He got it from Costco. Mmm, Costco cider. I asked. This was like two years ago. Whatever, they probably still have it because Costco. Probably. Great. It was yummy. <laughs> I love cider. Uh, mm. All right, guys. Join us next week. This is the Night Guys podcast. I'm Liana. I'm Erica. All right, bye. Bye. bye.